0: Welcome to Phone Messages, Episode 138, The Longest Beep. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play a very short message from an anonymous caller. Because the clip is so short, I have decided not to disguise the voice as I normally do when it is someone I cannot identify the message is five seconds long and comes from the fall of 1989. Let's listen. It's like this little recording encapsulates the odd micro pleasures a telephone could provide before it became the ubiquitous tool of contemporary life. The giggling we hear on the line suggests the caller found whatever my outgoing message was to be funny, and the strangeness of the machine's long beep was icing on the cake. The voice could be that of a young woman, a boy, or a girl, but because they laugh and say, The longest beep, too. I have the impression two people are listening in on the line and sharing their laughter. Although I am not sure if the callers are friends or if they reached me by mistake, their amusement reminds me of that enjoyed by kids making a prank call, a thrill which media scholar Jacob Smith links to the transformative way telephones enabled users to easily cross social boundaries. In his fascinating history of prank calls, Smith links the phenomenon to changing cultural meanings around the telephone. In the early 20th century, telephone pranks were difficult, since connecting to another phone required an operator who knew where the call originated and occasionally listened in on the line. Still, pranks did occur in this time period. For example, in 1924, two Long Beach schoolgirls tricked undertakers, electricians, firemen, and others into coming to a neighbor's house by calling them and then watching them arrive from their nearby bedroom. According to an article in the Los Angeles Times, They told the undertaker that Mrs. Beamer was dead, the florist that some floral wreaths were required, the hardware men that lawnmowers were necessary, the plumber that the house was flooded, and so on. Their parents promised to make up for lack of legal action by a vigorous wielding of the slippers. The rise of direct dialing in the 1930s allowed anonymity, and prank calls really increased in the 1950s and 60s. Some of the most troubling of these took place during the Vietnam War, when families of servicemen were told of a death that did not happen, or taunted over one that did. This led to congressional hearings and a federal law banning abusive calls passed in 1968. Perhaps surprisingly, prank calls were mostly associated with young women until the 1970s, when young men became the primary pranksters. Smith argues this shift reflects society's gendered attitude towards particular technologies. Historically, Women were considered to have an affinity toward the telephone, but in the 1970s, home recording devices, which were popular among men, took on a central role in the crank call. The new pranksters recorded their calls on cassettes that were duplicated and shared among friends. Some of these tapes gained wide distribution and were later made into comedy albums. Probably the most famous example from this era are the tube bar tapes, where Jim Davidson and John Elmo, calling themselves the Bumbar Bastards, used crude puns to trick the owner of Jersey City's tube bar into shouting embarrassing phrases at his patrons. The tapes inspired a recurring gag on The Simpsons, where Bart calls Moe Sislak of Moe's Tavern and each time lures him into repeating a new ridiculous name. The rise of caller ID in the 1990s again transformed the nature of prank calling, since callers could no longer rely on anonymity. A new type of prank emerged that took advantage of the growth in telemarketing, where charlatans recorded calls from solicitors and attempted to engage them in humorous, time-wasting conversations which was seen as a sort of revenge against the collective nuisance caused by telemarketers. On one level, the joy of turning the tables on these professional pests is understandable, but considering they are mostly low-wage workers whose job requires enduring constant abuse, I find the humor less appealing. In fact, As Smith points out, throughout history, prank calls have often included a dynamic of social power, in part because traditionally, wealthier people have had the ability to filter calls through servants and secretaries. The cheap answering machine democratized this filtering service and empowered everyday folks to choose when and with whom they would speak on the phone. Although nearly everyone has caller ID and voicemail today, the prank phone call has not disappeared. In fact, some of the most popular YouTube stars get millions of hits with their hoax calls. And Comedy Central has revived the show Crank Yankers, which first aired in 2002, and where celebrities make prank calls recreated with puppets, usually to businesses that are required to answer the phone. If you want to pull a prank on someone, please contact me through my website, pfoach.com. That's P F O T S C H.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.